Welcome to the Press Play and Run podcast episode 8. We are the podcast for runners that don't know if they're runners, but who press play and run just in case. I used to say it was a podcast for normal runners and not for people in the weird vests at the front of the pack, until I became a weird person and started wearing vests and standing at the front of the pack. This week we have another brilliant conversation, but before I get to that I want to just catch up on what's been going on since I last spoke to you. So in our last episode, we had Pete Cooper on, the co-founder of Cooper Running and the Cooper Digital Run Coach app. That was by far the the biggest reaction we've had to any of the episodes so far. And I think it would be fair to say that as well as Pete being an outstanding guest and his story resonating with so many people, I think that common uniting factor there was just that almost universal experience people have of grieving and sometimes how exercise has been a part of the process and sometimes part of their recovery. So, so many people have reached out. I think somebody said that um, it was like becoming the, the podcast confessional and the DMs. And I didn't share everything because a lot of it was personal, but I really appreciate so many people reaching out and sharing their stories. And, and it's uh, nice to see, I suppose, that human and vulnerable side to people that you see smashing these runs out every day and you sort of think they're invincible. And then people have opened up with uh, and trusted us with some of that really sort of personal information. So I appreciate all the feedback to that and especially to Pete for opening that vein of conversation. I know how much pride he takes in the, the sort of uh, mental health aspect of running and the benefits of it. So I'm sure he's thrilled and, and he reached out to me as well to say just how supportive the, the community has been. So we're hoping to get him up here to Scotland actually to come for a run, hopefully maybe with Newton Road Runners or at a park run where some of the people that listen to the episode can get the chance to meet Pete and hopefully run with him together because that sense of community is a big, big thing in his running journey and in ours. For me personally, it's the end of, that was the end of week six of my Edinburgh Marathon training plan. It's been a really tough week, um, despite what the Insta stories and the Strava tells you of looking like runs have been smashed out all over the place. I was coming off the back of an illness and just really struggled with my runs. They felt so much more difficult than the data would suggest. The run, the long run in particular, I'm, I'm struggling a wee bit with the long runs. I'm fine in company, but I'm finding that they're sort of living in my head rent-free through the week as they approach the weekend. And at the end, it's just that bit of confidence shake that comes with... um, what. Probably actually with, no matter what distance my long run's saying, I get there and I can never imagine running any further. And that can be quite daunting when sometimes it's like half the distance, you know, it's a half marathon type uh, distance that I'm running in a long run. And I'm thinking, I need to do that again. And I just, it doesn't feel like that's going to be a possibility. But I'm trusting the process and trusting the experience of the people around me that I will be ready by the time that run comes. So I changed up a wee bit last week and did my my long run midweek as part of my Thursday club run and I actually really enjoyed my weekend because of it, I think because I got it out of the way and it was a few days less of it living in my head. So I'm actually planning on doing that again this week, which is one of the, the benefits of that Coupa digital run coach app that I'm using where you can juggle your runs about. You don't have to stay in the exact set structure of the week and you can make it work around your life. So I'm, I'm doing the same again this week. I'm hoping to long run on Thursday, 
but that's also partly because an opportunity's come up through the podcast and Lululemon have reached out and invited me to a runner's retreat in Scotland in West Lothian on Saturday and there's a few familiar faces going there, a few podcast former guests so I'm really looking forward to meeting up with everybody in person, seeing some familiar faces and meeting a couple of them for the first time and to feed them back to you, the listener, on how that experience was. This is one of these sort of side benefits of starting the podcast that started to crop up and um, being selective about what we take part in to make sure it's sort of aligned with A, what I want to be doing, but also what I'm hoping this podcast can become. Uh, But I know Lululemon, as you would have heard on the uh, Emancipated Run Crew episode, are very in tune with trying to promote diversity in running, with trying to uh, promote that equality and equity side of running, which which we are as well. So it's a great opportunity. I'm really looking forward to it. There's a guided trail run as part of it, and I'll feed back to you more on that after we've been there. Uh, this weekend, as well as my long runs, I was at back at Strathclyde Park Run, back at my favourite park run, with Alison, our episode one guest, and she got a lovely shout out for her six star finisher medal um, at, before park run started, which was really, really nice. And I also met up with Emily, eh, who is Emily in the Outdoors on Instagram. So that's the first time I've met Emily in person. She's just as lovely in person as she is online, and I want to just wish her all the best in her Brighton Marathon uh, this weekend coming. There was definitely something in the water at Strathclyde Park, as well as the usual great atmosphere. So many people I knew were running PBs and had really, really strong runs. And I think I must have got caught up in the spirit. I managed to knock four seconds off my own park run PB, which I was absolutely delighted with on, at this stage of my marathon plan, and pretty tired legs. And I think that's testament to my plan on the Cooper app. I know a number of you have reached out about using the Cooper app and I shared on the podcast page that we have a code for it. I'm in no way remunerated for this, it is, but if you use code press play on the Cooper coaching app, you will get an extended one month free trial and I'm delighted to promote it just as a thank you to Pete for coming on to the show. I want to give one non-park run related shout out to a runner. Um, one of our listeners and you will have heard me mentioning her before um, as she is a writer for the Herald that included us in the top outdoor podcasts in Scotland article and in the Herald a a few weeks ago that's Susan Swarbrick-Dimmock and Susan I don't want to give too much of her story away because I'm really hopeful of getting Susan onto the podcast but her her running journey is a really interesting one she's returned after quite a long period away from running Uh, and watching her progress over the last few weeks has been absolutely brilliant and I think she actually managed to PB in just about every single run that she did last week across a range of distances. It's a really exciting stage of running that, whether you're just beginning or if you're returning to it when you're over the hardest of yards those first few weeks when you're struggling to get a breath and you, you just can't seem to catch a grip of pacing or... Um, you can't get into any kind of rhythm and then you get through that bit and the, the PBs really start to tumble so I'm expecting to see a lot more from Susan in the weeks to come of these PBs continuing to go but congratulations to you Susan and just keep up the good work Away from the running for a minute and onto the Instagram I also want to give a mention to the Point .99 podcast boys to the two Steves not only for the shout out in their podcast last week but I'm looking forward to coming on to their podcast I'm going to join them, we're going to do a bit of a crossover episode as Steve had mentioned and talk all things Edinburgh Marathon. As much as I'm looking forward to talking to the two Steves about the Edinburgh Marathon and all things running, I think I'm more interested in talking to Mr Steve Runs about this real 
um, performance that he's putting in at the moment on the run karaoke. Anyone who's had the privilege of seeing some of these will will have seen from the sublime to the ridiculousness in the last two weeks. Steve has absolutely embraced this run karaoke trend started by Kaylee, uh, the Happy Diet, on Instagram. And a couple of his reels over the last couple of weeks have really had me... The first one had me actually tapping my feet along um, to the rhythm of what he was doing. And the second one had me borderline recoiling in horror. I didn't know if I'd turned on to the 10 minute free view as he donned a, a monkey mask and it was engaged in a bit of hip thrusting. I think I made the comment on Instagram that it reminded me of like a 1996 advert for Eurotrash. I would really love to get involved in this trend of, of joining in with the run karaoke, but two things let me down. One, my singing, which is absolutely not for public consumption, but even more so is my skills on reels. I'm absolutely brutally bad at it, so I need a crash course before I can join in. I wouldn't even know how to do it. I don't know if they're miming and syncing it up later or if they're playing it through a phone. I really don't know. I'm, I feel like a dinosaur even thinking about it, so I do what I do best when I'm under pressure and I just bury my head in the sand and ignore it. It was also interesting to hear the Point 99 podcast boys uh, speaking about the direction of their podcast. We only started a couple of weeks apart on this podcasting journey and it's not something I've paused too long to reflect on myself. I know that I have a, a number of guests lined up and another handful of guests that I really want to speak to before I consider anything like a break in between season one and if there is a sort of season two type aspect to this. I'm just not sure yet. I also want to make a point of going back to catch up with Alison again post-Tokyo, post-London. Just as a bit of a marathon recap, maybe even to get touch base with Jenna about the Rome marathon as well, although I do have somebody coming on that was also running in Rome. There's just so much going on just now, so many stories out there and I really do appreciate everybody who's reached out with suggestions of guests. I'm certainly still enjoying the process of doing it and I think we just keep rolling for as long as everybody's enjoying it, the listeners are enjoying it um, and we've got things to talk about. So without any more rambling from me, I'm going to hand over to my conversation for today where I am joined by two fantastic guests one of whom I've known in person since I joined Newton Roadrunners and the other that I've followed on Instagram for quite a while now and whose content I absolutely adore. So without any further ado, I'm going to hand you over to my conversation with Annie Scott and Joanna Wallace. This morning, I'm joined by two fabulous ladies from the local running community. First, I have one half of the running girls on Instagram, Annie Scott. Annie and Lauren, the other half of the running girls have brought smiles to thousands of Instagrammers with their positivity and determination to share their running journey and raise a shed load of cash for charity along the way. I'm also joined by a clubmate of mine from Newton Roadrunners. In addition to being a fantastic runner herself, Joanna Wallace spends her days running her own personal training business. Absofit works with a range of clients, but Joanna specialises in supporting female clients through pre and postnatal exercise and helping educate women on how and why exercise can support them through perimenopause and menopause. Welcome to Press, Play and Run, Annie and Joanna. Thank you, Ryan, for having us. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Delighted to have you both here. And for obvious reasons, as we get into the episode, you'll see why it makes sense for me to have you both on together. I can barely read the introduction without tripping over half these words, let alone speak about them with any knowledge. So this is not about me pretending to be an expert this podcast. It's very much about speaking to people that know what they're doing. So I'm glad to have you both here. You both had very different running journeys. I know a wee bit about yours, Joanna, through the club now over the last few weeks. Um, but Annie, I'm, can I start with you? Can you just tell me where the running journey started? Why? What the catalyst for it was? 
Yeah, definitely. So my running journey started back in 2016 and I had just recently been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And I, if I'm completely honest, I was just feeling a bit broken and I just felt like my body had given up on me. So I had something to prove. And so I thought, you know, I could raise a bit of money for charity and do some running at the same time. I think that I would get a lot out of that and also be able to give back to the charity that had helped me so much throughout my diagnosis. So um, that's where my best pal Lauren came into it. And we met up at our favourite bar one night and we were like, you know what, we could probably do a bit of a charity run. And then as the Prosecco was flowing, that grew arms and legs. And by the end of the night, we'd planned to do 12 races in 12 months to raise money for Crohn's and Colitis UK and also SAMH and Cancer Research. So that's where it started. And then for the whole of 2017, we ran races every month to raise money and awareness for those charities. Um, and yeah, that's where it started. So it was just, we just sort of went right into it. We went from not running at all to running a race every single month that year. And it was an incredible journey, to be honest. <laughs> We're actually developing quite a rich tradition already. Eight episodes in and almost every running journey somewhere has had a springboard from people being drunk and making a bad decision about what they're <laughs> going to do next. So whether it's running across the world or going from, I wonder if I could run to 12 races, alcohol, it's not always great for you, but sometimes it leads to good things as we're showing here. Creative. <laughs> um, Joanna, what about you? I know running has run in your family through our conversations, but can you maybe take us back to the start of your own running journey as well? Yeah, so I grew up in quite a running oriented family. Um, my dad was a big runner, my brother was a big runner, even my mum, all running. I just thought they were all a bit mad, to be fair. And I did always did sport and things at school, you know, like, but then, like most people, went to uni, had a bit of fun, didn't really spend too much time thinking about it. And then in my mid 20s, thought I'd take a wee bash at the women's 10K. I think that was around 2008, I think, the women's 10K. Um, sort of got the bug from that, joined Bell Houston Roadrunners because I was living around there. A great club to start with, very supportive, big wide range of runners. Um, did that for a few years and then just gradually got kind of more and more into it. Uh, and then when I moved over towards this way, I went along to Newton Roaders on the very first night that it started. And there was just a few of us running about the streets in Camus Lang. Um, and it's just grown from there. And now I think my family are completely in shock that I'm the one that's doing a lot of a lot of the running. So but I've always got their uh, voice in my head, uh, typical big brothers, like I do a race and they think, oh, you could have done that, you could have done better. So yeah, typical bit of sibling rivalry going on, I think, think help, definitely helps spur me on. I, I think we'll probably get to your competitiveness as we as we move through <laughs> this. It's, it's, it's famous with me already, we've only been at the club for about two months, but uh, anybody who's not listened to previous episodes, in episode two we had a Jenna on who was the founder of Newton Roadrunners so I didn't realise Joanna that you were there from the very first night one of the OGs at Newton Roadrunners Yeah I went on the first night and I remember being absolutely terrified uh, you know everybody thinks like oh these big runners what are you going to do all runners at all levels get terrified going along to a club no matter what's going on and it was brand new so I, had no, I didn't know Jenna by that point didn't know what I was letting myself in for um, but yeah went along on the very first night and within a few months I was offering to help out and be involved and went on to be a coach of it now so um it's you know that's what six years or so the club's been yeah. running and mm -hmm. it's just grown arms and legs so i'm really proud to be 
be part of it and be part of it from the beginning. No, I can vouch for that feeling about not not feeling like you belong at a running club. I think until you do go along, you'll never feel like you do believe until you take the plunge and, and, and make that step. Annie, you made that decision then after a few Prosecco's about these 12 months. What was the catalyst for using Instagram as the platform? Um, because it's you've got quite a significant following there. I know you said you feel like half of Newton Roadrunners follow you as well. So that's obviously <laughs> I I picked follow up. them. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, or maybe it's both. Maybe it's a bit of both. By the end of this, hopefully it'll be all of them. Um, but can you tell me about using that platform as well? Yeah, so there was a couple of reasons for it. What, the main one was to keep Laura and I accountable for what we were doing. We found it really handy that people were sharing their tips, like what were they wearing, what you know what routes were they running so we got a lot of help from there as well um which was really useful and secondly Lauren and I our jobs at the time we weren't always able to be together so that Instagram sort of pulled us together as well um so that we could check in on each other make sure we were doing okay when we were traveling about and working um not from our home office and I know that Lauren has she moved recently which has made running together so that's less frequent. You can see that in the profile now. So is uh, do you still find the time to run together? Yes, we do. It's just more of an effort now because Lauren decided to leave me. Um, but yeah, so we do have to make, like I say, a bit more of an effort. She comes around to my house. So sort of, we're trying to do once a week at the moment. Um, but also Lauren is getting married this year as well. So there's a lot going on uh, in her life. And she asked me to be her bridesmaid. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. So running is maybe taking a bit more of a backseat for Lauren at the moment. Um, but as soon as she's back from that honeymoon, I'll be dragging her out on runs again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's another thing that we're we are hearing more and more of. It's life sometimes happens and yet you're running 11 floor around um, the other things yeah. going on in your life. So, Joanna... What was the transition point for you between your own running then and, and getting the bug, the women's 10K, and leading on to, I want to sort of fast forward to 2016 when Absofit's born? Like, what's the, the catalyst there for moving from your love of exercise to actually this is going to become your life? Yeah, I don't think there was one point in particular. Um, the more I did running, the more I, I enjoyed it. And like anything, you come in and out different stages of your life. Um, and I had, uh, and then I had my, I've got two children and um, so when I had them uh, I was still you know running still doing as much as I could uh, going to the gym doing what I could and then uh, my husband works off, at the time works offshore quite a lot and uh, and certainly a personal trainer is something I've always thought if I could do anything that's what I'd want to do you know everybody's got these little fancies of what they want to do but I remember actually saying to somebody you know I must have been um, early 30s by then or who would want a personal trainer at my age surely you want them all to be like 20 21 and um, it was my sister-in-law who's the same age as me, and she looked at me and she was like, I would much rather have somebody you would age train me who's had babies and been through that than not. You know, you, you see all these young German goers, you think, oh, they're not going to want to come to me. But then I sort of stopped and thought, well, surely you'd get more benefit of somebody who's going through the same things with you in life. So when I had my um, youngest son, my second son, he's now uh, seven, he's nearly eight, um, and my husband was offshore and I had the two kids, and I was thinking, how am I going to, get to work I was working in the west end at times starting at half eight in the morning I was like how am I going to do this when he's away and the two kids and um I was in a fortunate position that I took a year off from having my son and then I thought oh, why not just go for it why not just get your group personal training Um, that's just uh you know we can only coach in groups uh, like teach classes just give that a shot and see how it goes 
So I was able to do that when he was quite small. Did that for years. That was sort of stepping my foot in the water, just seeing how it went. Loved it. A year later, did my personal training qualification and I've just built my own business from that. Again, I think being older in life, I didn't really want to go and work for somebody else and go and work in the gym. I wanted to do something that could work around my family. Um, you know, I take the kids to school every day. I pick them up every day. So I work around about them. And I'm lucky enough that I've grown my business. Lots of local people. I've got lots of support. I've got a great core group of people that come into my classes, come into my personal training. And a lot of them come because I think who I am and what I've been through in life. They don't want the 20-year-old trainers that I thought, you know, when I was younger, everybody would want. They want somebody with a bit of life experience who have had babies who are running and are doing all these things. Um, and I think they, a lot of my clients see me and see them and see them in me yeah. um and can resonate with that so i'm just very lucky it's grown from a hobby and a dream and i've just made it into into reality and it's just being able to work it around my kids has obviously helped family life a lot as well yeah i couldn't think of anything more terrifying than having a 21 year old pt imagine them trying <laughs> no, to... I know that, Nick. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, just I, do I this i think you winded me up it took me 25 minutes to get out of bed this morning <laughs> yeah um, um, but at the time you know before I started it I, you know I didn't think people would want an, an old lady as a PT <laughs> you've touched on maybe something that's brought the three of us together for this episode and that having kids brings immediate challenges not even to running just running but life work how am I going to juggle a job that you did before with childcare and, and, and all of that and that led on to obviously a really positive change now Annie you're in a position where you're recently had a wee girl as well is that right yep yep little Violet so I don't need to tell you the challenges of trying to juggle fitness work and how's that transition been for you going from your running journey before where and we will speak um, about some of the challenges maybe beforehand to chucking a baby into the mix like so many people warned me and said it will be so much harder and I think you know you had that first baby glow you're like no I'm fine nothing's going to change and then it's like boom <laughs> and it was just such a shock to the system such a change that I just yeah it totally caught me off guard to be honest Um, I think just things that I hadn't thought about just like yeah how do you find the time to get out of the house and what am I going to wear and my body's changed shape oh this is a bit harder now and then to add into all of that you get all the mum guilt on top of it as well so there was just so many things that I didn't that didn't register with me when I was even when I was pregnant um I didn't think you know this is going to be harder and a few people sort of said oh it'll be tricky to you know train for a marathon or train for a half marathon once you have a baby and I was like oh yeah but I've seen people do it so it'll be fine we'll get through it but now I realize the effort and the work that all those men and women were putting into to actually be able to run these races when they have a child as well so yeah it was a big eye-opener for me. Joanna is any of this sounding familiar from people you speak to in the daily? Oh 100% and myself as well you know and, and I think you were touched on Instagram and how good that can be, but the, the things like social media can also be a bad thing in that case because look at that person, she's gone out and done that and she's only six weeks postpartum, she's done this and that. But everybody's journey is so different. You know, as I was saying, they're like, oh, I think it'll be fine. Everybody thinks it'll be fine until they have a baby. <laughs> and it's just it just takes over every aspect of your life, physically, mentally, emotionally. And people need to, and you can't tell somebody that until they have the baby, until they're in that 
position and you need to realize that your journey is unique to you and try not to compare yourself to others that are going through similar things yeah and i had pete cooper on in my last episode who's just become a dad and he was telling me and i think i'd probably forgotten joanna my kids are roughly the same ages as your your children as well I think I'd forgotten just how challenging it is trying to fit running in and around childcare anyway. But then you've got no frame of reference. I have no frame of reference for the physical aspect of the changes that obviously take place and those challenges it brings because it's hard enough actually. Annie, you talk about that mum guilt. Anytime you're out running for any length of time, especially this marathon block, you feel like you're stealing time. Sometimes if you know if you're in a busy work life, trying to squeeze a two and a half hour run in to the day and not feel like you're robbing time when maybe your partner's been working all week as well. It's, it's very, very difficult. But that physical bit, I've got no, um, I've got nothing but respect, I suppose, for any of the that, that's coming over that. Joanna, can I ask you then when people are coming to you either prenatal or postpartum, what are some of those bigger physical challenges that people are facing? What are the questions that you get or what's the fears that people are coming to you with? Well, the body changes massively. I'll, I'll touch on prenatal, first of all. I mean, somebody's pregnant and they're used to being active, they're used to being physical, and they think they can just continue. And some people can. You know, you get people running marathons when they're, you know, 30 weeks pregnant, and you get people doing all this. And that's that's great and that's fine, but not everybody can do that. I ran through both my pregnancies, but only until about halfway through, and I wasn't doing the job I was now, so I didn't kind of know what I was doing. I just got a bit too uncomfortable, and I still went to the gym and things like that didn't have the knowledge I do now so now I think about some of the things I was doing and I was thinking it's probably not a good idea um but yeah your body's changing your sense of gravity is changing you have a human inside you who is going to be your priority there's things you have to think about um just the way you move your body uh, anyone who's pregnant will know when you're very pregnant and you suddenly try and open a door and you're like oh there's a bump there I need to move back a little bit you've got dumbbells in your hands you need to be a bit more aware of that however strength training and you know, whether that's running or sensory in the gym can massively help your pregnancy as well. Labour is a workout. It's a blooming hard workout. So the, if you can go in the fittest, strongest you can, then the better. I tell anyone who's going to go through, whether it's birth or whether it's a surgery of some sort, if you can get yourself in the best physical position you can before you go through that, your recovery is going to be a lot easier. Now, again, that's generalisation because everybody's different. Some people are not able to do exercise, and that is fine. But if you want to and you're unsure what to do, then seek guidance. That's what, you know, prenatal post personal trainers things are for. And there's so much online information like that as well that, that can help you guide to do these things. But I definitely recommend trying to do it if you can. Post And just do it as long as you feel comfortable. See, when you get to the point you're like, I'm not enjoying this anymore, then, then don't do it. You can still walk. You can still keep active. Postnatally... It can be a whole different ballgame as well. Again, you have this whole, let's bounce back. Let's, you know, be in the gym a few weeks postnatal. First of all, you're knackered. You're so, so tired. That has to be a consideration. Focus on sleeping when you can. Eating well is a massive thing as well to recovery, especially tired mums. You know, you just want to snack and eat and sugar. And, and I've been there. But the better you can eat and fuel your body, focus on those sort of things. And then when you want to try the, the physical side, there's an awful lot you need to think about. You get a GP check up at, at six weeks but a lot of people think right i'll get that and i'll be fine mm, it's, it's a small check up to say are you okay it's not to the extent of what it should be if i could give one piece of advice to anyone who after they have a baby whether they want to exercise or not is make an appointment with a women's health physio they are worth their weight and gold they will examine you 
internally, externally, check how everything is, give you the correct guidance of, of what exercises you can do. Um, because once you've had a baby, you can suffer from musculoskeletal pain, you can have urine incontinence, you can have abdominal separation, you can have uh, pelvic organ prolapses. All these things sound really scary, but they've just got scary names. They don't need to be. If you get some advice from a professional who can help you with these things, uh, then you can get back to exercise safely and effectively. I'm so glad that people won't see my face. I'm doing a great job of not looking horrified here. Um, <laughs> I'm doing my absolute level best. People do get, oh, these words, but I guarantee every every male runner, coach, anything, I guarantee you, you will be running beside somebody who has had these issues. You will be coaching somebody mm-hmm. who has had these issues. You'll be married to somebody who has had these You know, it's, it needs to become more of a conversation in running and strength. And I'm not even convinced it's just a, a, like male runners that would recoil at that. I think lots oh. of female runners that are in their first pregnancy would be the same. Like, why would you know about these issues until... They're something that might might play a part in your life. Funnily enough, they don't sell this as part of the pregnancy journey. Come and get this stuff. No, it's there's great. lots of things you don't know until after. <laughs> Nobody ever have children. <laughs> True. In, including having actually children at the end who are hungry every four minutes. So, yeah. Um, you can't fix that for me, though. Annie, how far into your pregnancy did you manage to keep running? So I had a personal trainer until I was about 20 weeks pregnant and then I continued running for another 10 weeks after that. So I ran up until I was 30 weeks and I was so chuffed with that. But the distance got smaller and the pace got a lot slower. But I think that's okay. I think, sorry, that's what you need to realise as well, that people think, oh, I've been running 10k in, you know, say 50 minutes and all of a sudden, oh, I can't do that. I can't. That's okay. It's all, you're, you're, running for two people so you have to adjust your goals and just let go of what you were before and be like you know I'm getting it a run even if it's for 20 minutes and it's a run walk then that's still amazing exactly and it was it was one day I went out for a run and I think I got 2k in and usually when I'm running it's my mind will give in before my legs like it'll be my mind that's like oh Annie you can't do this but I went for a run one day and my legs were like Annie (laughs) why (laughs) why are we still running and I stopped, I was just outside of coffee and donut shop. And I was like, right, this is the end of my pregnancy running journey. We're going to go get coffee and donuts. And we're going to go down the walking route from now on. So... It's, it's nice to have your legs having a chance to be right for a change. Yeah. <laughs> because we all have the mental bit telling us we can't run. And what about afterwards? When did you get back to running? How, how soon? Afterwards, so... I think I went into it too quickly. I'll be completely honest with you. I... Um, I just felt that pressure that, you know, we've spoke about there, just that bounce back, you know, she should be looking skinny by now, she shouldn't have her bump anymore. All these things you learn are completely not true looking back. But um, at the time, I was very consumed by that. And I felt like I should be running already. I could see other people on Instagram running really quickly after they're, they're having their birth as well. So I had an emergency C-section. Um, which obviously wasn't planned. Um, so I waited the full amount of time to sort of check that that was okay, got that checked at the six-week check, and then I started couch to 5K. I think it must have been around nine weeks. Oh. I know, I know. <laughs> jo- I Joanna's covering her eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I shouldn't have done it, but I was feeling, you know, I... I recovered physically quite quickly but I was not recovering mentally very well at all and I think for me 
I felt like I needed that run to clear my head because I just wasn't sure where I was at. And, you know, motherhood, it does change so many things. And I think I was very overwhelmed at what was happening. And I think mentally I needed that first run, but I don't think I should have started that early. And my advice to women would be just wait, don't put that pressure on yourself. Keep doing your walking, you know, keep doing that sort of thing, but wait a little while longer before you sort of go into a training plan and try and put pressure on yourself. You're both giving the same advice, just from a very different perspective. One from a lived, and albeit, Joanna, you've been there as well. I mean, you've lived that previously and, and before you were a trainer, but um, Instagram's a dangerous place for that. It's it's the most supportive running community. It really is. I've met so many nice people. Everybody's at your back, but there can be that group think of, well, look what everybody's doing. You only see the wins. Every Monday you open up that app and it's full of wins. It's either PBs or it's medals or it's people getting back to it and bouncing back. There's very, you do get some people sharing the honesty posts, and but there's one of them for every hundred that's punching mm-hmm. there and celebrating. So there is a danger t- that we normalize that as the way um, and you need to use that app for the positives you can take from it but not be driven by it for certain joanna do you want to come in yeah it's just going to say what annie was saying like you know she felt felt with pressure mentally she kind of wants to try that run i think it's also important to support new moms when they want to go back out you know the, the general guidance is is not to start running until you're around 12 weeks postnatal again this is completely variable person to person some people might not want to run for, for six months nine months some people want to go out much sooner than that, especially after having a section, you know, because your scar, your scar might look and feel okay. It's going through lots and lots of layers, not just the surface layers. So it does take a lot of um, recovery. But if somebody, for example, is in the running club and I, they were six weeks postpartum and said, I don't want to come to the running club, I wouldn't turn around and say, no, you can. i say, well, why do why don't you come in a night that we're doing a session in the park and you can bring the buggy, you can walk around. Some people just want that. They want to still feel part of something they've been before. And sometimes that's really what they want more than the physical aspects of running. So I would never turn somebody away if they wanted to come to one of my classes or come to the running club because they were, in my eyes, medically too early. Because if that's what they need in that supportive environment, then then that can be sometimes more important. Yeah. Be- becoming a parent can be incredibly isolating, actually. Your world goes from being can go from being quite big to very small very, very quickly. That's something Nicola and I have spoken about frequently and that's not from a running side of things it's just all the things you used to do take a back seat and suddenly your world is that that small so I think you can be rushed out Joanna into these things of I want to be back doing x y or z maybe maybe you're not ready for it physically but that mental side um and dealing with it I understand how people get there and Anna you're thrown into the mix then ulcerative colitis which I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an expert on either. Nicola's a nurse so I've already asked her and I googled to check but I'm read up on that a little. Can you tell us what it is and how that's impacted your running? Yeah so ulcerative colitis is a form of inflammatory bowel disease um, and essentially my immune system just fights itself. It can't tell what's good bacteria, what's bad bacteria. It just is constantly having a battle, um, which results in lots of blisters um, and tears within my colon. Um, So I take medication um, every day. Um, At the moment, I'm taking five tablets a day just to keep that at bay. Um, But I also find that physical activity and obviously looking after my diet do help um, sort of maintain that balance as well. Before pregnancy, um, 
I'd had quite a few flare-ups um, so my flare-ups tend to happen maybe like once a year maybe less than that and usually that's treated with a eight-week course of steroids which is horrific and I would never wish that upon anybody um, what was amazing was when I fell pregnant I went into remission um, and I didn't need to take any medication for eight months of my pregnancy and I am so thankful for that and I think that that's maybe why I had such an incredible pregnancy because I didn't have any of those ulcerative colitis symptoms so it was just I felt like a new person um unfortunately the symptoms did start coming back towards the end of my pregnancy which was fine it was just lovely to have an eight-month break to be honest um and then since pregnancy again we've been okay until recently um I have went into my first flare-up since um having Violet and we're just monitoring it at the moment I've been going back and forwards to the hospital to get certain tests done sort of on my bloods um but yeah, at the moment we're doing okay. But as you can imagine, that does impact your running. Um, I tend to use running to help me manage my symptoms. So sometimes if I have a hard run, you know, if I'm feeling bloated or if I feel a pain down my left side, it can sometimes send a trigger to me that, oh, something's not right here. Maybe I am a way to go into a flare so I can tweak my medication or I can check my diet. Um, or rest up and just see what my body needs um, which I find really useful and also again from a mental perspective it just helps me clear my head and realize that my body isn't as broken as I maybe think it is um, and carry on so yeah it's it's definitely difficult the worst thing is probably the fatigue like you get really bad fatigue having any sort of autoimmune disease so yeah adding running into the mix can sometimes be quite difficult. I've seen from your profile and from the comments on it how much people appreciate you sharing quite openly that journey as well and that's there's another side of where i would really say instagram can be real positive there's for anybody going through that you're not alone there are other people there but people really do appreciate you speaking honestly so i've got a bit of admiration for that because i think it would be easy to say i don't want to it's not particularly pleasant i'd imagine um no. having to f face it up and certainly not publicly when you're feeling fatigued and you're a new mum you could be knackered for any one of 15 reasons <laughs> that day um but yeah. it, I think it's, it's a great thing and I do see what people are getting from it so well done for not only raising the profile of the illness but raising funds how, how much did you raise in that 12 month period in that 12 month period we raised I think it was about five to six thousand pounds that's amazing so it was a it was a lot and then over the last five years we've continued fundraising for those causes so I think we're almost at 13,000 now which is just amazing that's that's brilliant absolutely brilliant <laughs> and Joanna you spoke about and not just specializing obviously in pregnancy that is your your niche I suppose but anybody going for any kind of anybody going through an illness or going through any kind of surgery just you you reiterate that diet that exercise that focus and your well-being is so important there is there's so many factors in life you can't control if, if you do have like an illness or a surgery whatever that may be um and obviously it's, it's different for specific things so i'm generalizing but if you can treat your body and and fuel it right with the right sort of foods get the right sleep get the right movement you know that's there, there are things that you can control in your life to help that um, and we do live in a culture where, you know, the diet is not great in this country. Um, and I think, you know, it's starting to see people are starting to realise that actually what they eat can, can affect a lot, whether it, like you said, it's going through an illness or surgery 
or whether you're training for an event or doing those 12 races in a year, that sort of thing. If you, There must be so many factors in those 12 races that you couldn't have control that, you know, that the weather, bugs, children, all sorts of things. But if you think, right, well, I'm just going to eat as well as I can and, you know, hydrate as well as I can and sleep as well as I can and those things, then they're things that you can control and make you a, a stronger, fitter person, taking the exercise out of the equation completely. And you had you had a little honesty post yourself the other day about feeling that fatigue. You're in the marathon block right now and you, you had a post on Instagram yourself. This is not always related to illness or anything. It's just life sometimes getting, yeah, getting in the way. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, uh, yeah, so I'm doing London Marathon so, and I'm at the peak of my training. So I'm tired. I'm tired all the time. And uh, and yeah, my post was just about because it was my birthday last week. So we went out for dinner, we went out for drinks, we got a takeaway, you know, and it was, it was great. But I felt it that week. I was didn't sleep well, just, you know, alcohol every day. You might make rash race decisions, but it also affects your race <laughs> performance. You know, when you drink, it does. You think, oh, I've only had a few, but you never sleep as well. And sleep is a massive, massive part of training, especially when you're training for something like a marathon. That's when your body is going to recover and repair itself. Um, so definitely getting your sleep without the caffeine, without the alcohol can help massively. And eating right as well. Like, yes, I love the meals out, but it, I, my training... I did the miles, but they were hard last week, certainly. I feel like all I do just now is moan how hungry I am and how tired I am, but apparently yeah. that's just part of my training. Uh, and Annie, you're training for the marathon as well, aren't you? Yep, so this all sounds very familiar. I feel like the <laughs> past like three weeks and even the next two that are coming up, I feel like running is just going to be my life. And I feel like I'm being really selfish right now, but I'm just having to put that sort of as far forward as I can and try and plan around my life and my work and my baby to try and fit all these things in. It's London as well for you? Yes, it's London. Finally, I've been waiting three years for this. So. Yeah, you, you have to make it your mission to get a picture together at the expo when you're picking your number up. <laughs> yeah. <P> promotional, <laughs> that that's the selfish promotional bit in me. Um, <laughs> I've been training with Joanna and a few of the, the runners at the club that are at your stage and I'm a few weeks behind that for Edinburgh. But I'm at the same stage, Joanna, and I'm, I am weeks earlier. I think I probably am a bit ahead of my plan. But I'm, I stopped drinking at the start of the year altogether, um, which wasn't a, an off-the-cuff decision. I've been leading up to it for a while and wasn't drinking much, but just can't not enjoying the, the feeling afterwards anyway and the impact it has on the running. So that has made a big difference definitely to recovery and to performance. But actually, my eating has got worse during the marathon block, and it's because of the volume. I don't think I was anywhere near prepared enough for how much I would have to eat. So if you're not organized for that, you end up putting your hand on the wrong things because you don't have enough meals prepped and you don't. So right before the marathon training started, I was in three meals and I was eating clean. I wasn't drinking. Felt amazing. But now with the marathon, it's like I, if it moves, I'm eating it. So I need to, I need to calm that down. <laughs> I know it's hard you need to I mean because if you think um like for example I to, to maintain the the weight and size and things I am I need to eat around 2,000 calories a day if I go and do a long run I could end up burning 2,000 calories so that means I need to eat 4,000 calories and you think oh that's great but it's hard it is hard especially because sometimes after a long run or a hard session the body doesn't always feel like eating you know sometimes you feel a wee bit sick or you're not quite ready to eat so but you just need to be organize get some recovery drinks you know i have some kind of carb protein shakes i take after my run just to get something in with quickly but the good thing about marathon training is you can enjoy you know food and you know i went out for dinner last night uh, it's mother's day so when it had a nice nice meal and it was great so you can enjoy these things because you know you're you're running so much but you need to just make sure you're fueling 
right because what you eat can make a massive impact yeah. on your training. You know that yourself. You wouldn't get up and have three rolls of sausage and then try and do your long run. I would not. Don't try that right now. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Don't put words <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> Challenge so that's not <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you've just got to make sure you're eating the right things for your, your training to fuel your body. It's another yeah. thing in your life that you can control. Yeah, so, but those extra calories... I don't find it difficult to eat the extra calories, but it's what you're putting in. It's easy to eat 2,000 calories if you just drive by a McDonald's. It's what you're putting in if you want it to help with recovery and make you feel okay the next day. It has to be better than that, and it's that's the, been the challenge. And how have you managed that, Annie, that challenge? Um, I found the eating side of things really difficult. Like My eating is just a nightmare anyway because I have ulcerative colitis. I have a few things that I can't eat. And people think that it might be like the sort of unhealthy things, but it's things like certain fruits, certain vegetables, certain fibres. So it is really difficult sometimes to find something that's nutritious that I can eat that isn't going to cause me havoc afterwards. Um, But since becoming a mom as well, I mean, trying to fit in like cooking has just been crazy. So um, my main meals have usually been coffee and cake. Um, because they're really <laughs> quick to get into my system but yeah it's the eating has I found that probably super difficult with the marathon training like you say like your appetite just goes way up you don't want to fill yourself with rubbish stuff after a run as well because you feel like I've just done that run like I just my body is amazing I don't want to fill it with donuts but um yeah I, the eating side of things has always been a struggle for me just knowing the right things to do correct portion sizes all of that so I admit I am not very good at that side of things. <laughs> you just have to try and think, because the better you fuel your body, the better your training will be. So you might have a week where you, you think your runs are great, but say you've eaten lots of coffee and cake, but imagine how would it be if you ate the kind of healthier options and things instead. And, uh, you know, it's just about fueling your body right and the recovery. Save all your uh, all the things you want to eat, save them up for the afternoon of the 23rd April, and then, then it doesn't matter how you feel afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's an organisation thing. It's tough enough at anyway, and uh, the, the wash of a busy life, let alone having a baby in the mix. I know exactly it's a convenience thing versus what you're organised yeah. for. Joanna, do you cover this kind of thing at your classes? Because I know you run, still, you do still run sort of group classes, don't you, for new mums? Yeah, I do uh, group classes and I do one, one-to-one and kind of small group personal training as well. So in the big classes, no, they just come and kind of do their, do their workouts and leave. But if it's small group personal training or one-to-one personal training, then yes, I look at your nutrition. I am not a – you need to be a nutritionist to actually tell somebody what they can and can't eat. You need a certain degree in that. I, I, don't, I don't have that. I don't pretend to have that. But I do have quite a bit of knowledge in what the body should eat. Um, so I certainly look at people's – I get them to kind of write down what they eat um, just so I can get a reflection on it. And it's not a, you shouldn't be eating this, you shouldn't be eating that. It's, well, maybe you're lacking a little bit of this. Have you tried some of this and, and tracking the water intake? And so I just do look at it generally and give them ideas, things like snacks, different high protein. Um, proteins are very important components uh, to get into your body, especially women when you're going through different stages in life. Um, you need that high protein. So a lot of people just, they don't have the knowledge. So I just try and give them some, some general information, general knowledge to help them on their way with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, if we get if you crack that bit, I think you're it helps you along with the running definitely because the volumes increasing, the physical demands increasing. Certainly, never having been a marathon runner before or anything like that distance, the volume on its own is enough to know that you're going to need to make changes to the recovery. And you can I could run five k every day and never really it doesn't really impact my pre or my post run 
life. I sore legs maybe if you really push an effort. But now, even a long training run, slow, you feel the fatigue, you feel the hunger coming. So you, you do have to be organized. And another aspect of the organization, Annie, I might be just about to get the two of us around here, no Joanna, but is strength and conditioning. So I'll let you go first. Annie, how's your strength and conditioning as part of your training? Good. I'm in the good really? on that side, yeah. Oh, Jill, I... loser. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, found, I've been going to these F45 classes um and I have been absolutely loving them I think because it's just a little bit different from running so it gives me just that little bit of variation so I have been really enjoying them to be fair though I haven't been in a few weeks because I've just had a lot on but um I've just booked myself into a class next week no this week tomorrow just booked into my class tomorrow so I am um, hating yes, you right sorry. now for that answer hating you sorry. right Joanna go <laughs> This is what I get. Oh, this is what I get on our Tuesday runs. We're on a Tuesday. Uh, Joanna yeah. just gives me grief about not doing strength and conditioning. Go for it. That's why half the time I end up running alone. Nobody wants to talk to me. Uh, strength training is a, a massive uh, thing, not just for running, for life. But you think of all the functional movements you do in life and how important it is to be strong. Muscle mass decreases um, from when you're in your thirties. Uh, like a little bit of percentage every year. So you need to improve this by doing weights and doing strength training. If you think about when you're old, like when you're old, older, like get when you need to stand up out of a chair, it's not running a marathon that's going to get you standing out of the chair. It's the muscles in your legs that are going to get you standing out of your chair. So if you can do strength training now to improve your muscle mass and make you stronger and able to just function through life, then that's just an obvious general health benefit. When it comes to running, um, it's it's not exclusively going to stop you getting injured. You know, I do strength training and I get injured, but it is going to decrease your chances of injury. Delayed point of fatigue as well. If you think if you're running a race, say you're doing a 10K with somebody um, and they do strength training and they don't, your muscles are going to be able to cope with that a little bit more than you are. Um, but not just your legs as well, your upper body and your face. <laughs> your upper body, you think, you know, people think, right, I need to do my legs. That's great. Especially single leg work because of all the imbalances that people can get. And you spend a lot of time when you're running on one leg. So therefore, you need to learn to do exercises on one leg. It might make those fast runs feel a little bit better because you have the strength and you can help with that. I do know you're right. I really do. It's just so incredibly boring, but I do know but you're why, right. So why don't you like doing it? What is the reason? Because I'd rather be running. Even So if I said to you, I've got this great speed session you could try, it's going to make you a better runner. I guarantee you would go and do it. But have you seen people in I gyms? Think... They're, so, they're so boring. <laughs> You go to the wrong gym then. <laughs> no, it's every gym I've ever people, been to. <laughs> a lot of people don't like, a lot of runners don't like the strength training because, yeah, because it's taken away from the running. They feel they have to, and yes, to be a good runner, you have to run. That is obvious. You have to run. I'm not going to say, right, I want you to cut down 50% of your runs and go to the gym. No. But even if you could just fit in a little bit, so say you had to do a six mile run, imagine you just said four miles and then did 20 minutes strength at the end. No, the, the honest answer, I, I do get it. The honest answer, as much as I was being a wee bit honest anyway, but the honest <laughs> answer is it's a lack of knowledge along, uh -huh. with, along with probably not having, uh, so I've no running background before I joined like the club and things like that. All I was doing was running 5k on my own. So I wasn't talking to people about running or anything. So it's not something that I ever knew you should phase in and then see by the point I'm at this stage now where I really could benefit from doing it more frequently and probably mentally in the place where I, I like to run five times a week minimum, sometimes six. So I, 
unless I do it on the same day as a run, which I just never really get round to, I feel like I'm taking a runaway. So it's probably a mental thing along with the lack of knowledge of right what to do. So the app that I'm using now has some strength and conditioning in it and I am sticking to it. It's once a week and it's a full body sort of session. So I'm doing, that's the first I've ever done any regular stuff, but I know it should be more at the volume I'm running. Yeah, people do want to drop runs, and I, I totally get that, but you can strength train on the same day as a run. Yeah. Just be, be wise, don't go into a massive heavy leg session, then go out and try and smash out a track speed session. That's that's not going to yeah. benefit you. Um, but I would definitely try and I would try and do two strength sessions a week. Ideally, I would like runners to be doing a heavy session, or heavy sessions, you know, I'm talking squats, deadlifts, big compound exercises in the gym. If you're four weeks out of a marathon, don't suddenly think, I'm going to go and try and do some heavy squats. That's not a good idea. I'm talking, you know, long term. But yeah, people can't always, they don't always want to go to the gym. They don't know what they're doing. If you can afford a personal trainer and, you know, get somebody to give you some advice, then that's amazing. And if you don't want to do it with that, there's so many online things you can follow. Mm-hmm. You can do, you can just, uh, like the app you're doing, there's so many that ways that way. All So you can go from the gym workouts to home workouts. To even, I mean, I said it to you the other night when we were running, even you can do calf raises while you're brushing your teeth. You can squat while you're boiling the kettle. Little things. It doesn't, you're better doing small, but you, even if you don't know if it's the right thing, you're better doing that than doing nothing. I tried squatting when I was at the kettle, but I couldn't reach the kettle, so I'm not doing it again. <laughs> That's my route over with. So I was just, <laughs> I was taking it, I was making sure we got it in there because I knew that we were going to touch on it at some point. Um, you're right, you're absolutely right and Annie, you are a letdown, I should have asked you this before I would never have asked a question <laughs> I thought we were going to take her out together and have a wee no. bond there I was going to say, I feel like between us we're like a great marathon runner if we just like, combine <laughs> the two of us together Well, well <laughs> between you and I <laughs> Yeah, you've got the eating, I've got this sort of strength training Here we go, Joanna will be dead proud it's, of us <laughs> It's so hard to do it all because you're trying to run you're trying to have got a family, you've got a job Oh, I don't have time to go to the gym. And if something's got to give, you think it's going to be the gym. But as I said to you, right, if I said to you, right, you've got a great speed session you could do, you would find the time to go and do oh, it. Oh, definitely. So yeah. it is just about, you know, you can't, it is impossible to do it all. There's no way you can do it all. Way, no. But little and something is better than nothing. Yeah. And, and I always want to keep this as my hobby and never feel like it's becoming a, you know, the defining part of your life. It's something I enjoy doing. And, I don't want it to be consuming everything, but you're right. If you get to that level, I know I do know all these things. So I'm, that that's me. I'm going to be a changed man next time we speak. I'm going to have done three <laughs> three strength sessions this week. Um, exactly. And wait till you see my Instagram. I'll be like doing deadlifts <laughs> and lifting the kids up, stuff like that. It'll be, it'll be unbelievable. Every time I go to the gym now, I'm just going to tag you. <laughs> don't don't do that. I will I will block you. Stop it. Um, <laughs> And, and I'm sorry to anybody that goes to the gym. You're not all weird, but you are, and probably you as well. So let's move on now, because that's enough. That's enough, Rose. <laughs> I want to speak about your running now. Uh, Joanna, I want to hear about Arlo Half Marathon, which I know you just did. And Annie, I'm going to start with you. Talk me through the Meadows Half Marathon. Oh, no. What a support crew you had with you. Go the for Meadows it. Meadows Half Marathon. Easy peeps. Um... I don't know why I do it to myself, like honestly. So the Meadows, it's the Meadows Marathon Festival. There's four different events. There's a 5K, 10K, half and a marathon. And it is laps round the Meadows for that distance. So I decided to do the Meadows Half Marathon. That was nine laps around the Meadows, which every lap included a steep incline. (laughs) 
it was I'm not gonna lie it was horrific like it was really difficult but the main reason I did it was so first of all I hate laps like when I go to park run and it's a course that's like more than two laps I just zone out and I really don't enjoy it so the thought of doing nine laps I was like if I can mentally get around this course I feel like that's really good mental strength training for the marathon because I'm going to be probably running it on my own apart from if I find a wee pal to run with when I'm there um that was why I signed up was like if I can get around this then I can do anything um and to be honest it's a really good race for you know if you want somebody to come and cheer you on because you're going around the same lap nine times so you'll always see your buddy cheering you on there were some amazing cheer squads out there um the running group that I'm part of although I've not been in a while um we run Edinburgh they had an amazing cheer squad there going up the hill which was fantastic um, I did hit a wall. I hit a wall at lap six. It just, I felt like, oh gosh, I've done six of these laps. I've still got another three. I was just flagging and I was like, this is really difficult. But I had to be word with myself. I, I dropped down to a walk as well. I had a little walk. was just like, okay, let's get my breath back. Let's refocus. And then actually those last three laps were brilliant. Knowing you're coming to a hill nine times, is, oh. the first couple is bad enough, but see, knowing that you're coming back to that same, even like Victoria Park and Glasgow Park Run is three and a half loops, but I think you do yeah. the little the little hill and it's tiny, but four times you do it and I, I dread it every single yeah. time I go. It's like it's looming over you and you just know you can't relax because it's coming again. And you're like, I don't want to use up too much of my energy because I need to get up that hill again. And yeah, it was a really challenging race. But like I say, like at the end of it, I felt phenomenal. I felt really chuffed with myself. I went much quicker than I thought I was going to go as well. Um, so overall, it was it was great. I would definitely do it again. Like I'm a glutton for punishment. And where, where are you at? with your London training, what is the long run situation? So I've got my longest run coming up this weekend and I'm doing it as a race. So there's, okay. um, a, it's called 20 along the 4th. By oh, yeah, I saw that. I nearly signed yes. up for that and then it was just too soon in my plan. Yeah, so I, I think they've sort of tried to plan it in for, because they know there's a lot of spring marathons coming up. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to be doing that one. That'll be 20 miles. That'll probably be my longest run on my plan. Um, but I am going to do another long run after that just because I feel like I want to do three weeks of tapering rather than four. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've got coming up this weekend. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to it because it's right along the coast and then you go over the fourth road bridge. Yeah. Um, and when do you get the chance to run over the fourth road bridge? Yeah. So I was like, that would be quite good fun. Um, I'll probably be crying as I go over it but at least it'll be a it'll be an experience I think sure. there's a couple of Newton Roadrunners going there so look out for the vests there definitely will there's always Newton Road yeah <laughs> they get everywhere run. like 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 rats you're only ever three feet away from one at a race <laughs> that, that was you said that that was not me <laughs> well no I'll call them that I feel comfortable enough <laughs> nice, with everybody to call thanks. them that I mean that in the nicest possible way um so you're back you're back just in time because I want to ask you Mrs PB Aloha half Tell us about that. That was some run. Uh, yeah, it was hard. It hurt. <laughs> it hurt a lot. Yeah, so London training has gone has gone pretty well. Um, and the so the hour half is what, six weeks before or something? So, and there's mixed advice. Some people say, don't race it. You know, it's all part of the training. You know, do different things. You know, maybe slow down at the start and then speed up. And I just thought, no, I just want to race it and see what happens. <laughs> 
because you don't often get to do many races when you're at the, the kind of peak physical fitness that you'll be in marathon training. So, um, but it was tough because I'd already ran 30 miles that week, I think, as it was. Uh, but yeah, I got a PB, so I was pretty delighted. And it, but it hurt a lot. Um, you, I always think halves are quite good because you can slow down a little bit and enjoy no. the pace. No, it's just for me it doesn't happen. But it was good. It was really pleasing. It was a good confidence boost. Um, yeah. coming up to the marathon. So, although at the end, of course, you're thinking, how am I ever going to run uh, double that distance? That was a great run you had. It was. I'm so so impressed by the pace. Sorry, on you go, Annie. I was going to say, I've done Aloha before. Is there not like a character building incline towards the end? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there. Uh, there's a there's a hill at mile at the to- mile twelve. The mile twelve marker is at the top of that hill, but you kind of know what's coming, so everybody's sort of ready for it. What's worse is the small incline from mile twelve to the finish because you think you get to the top, you'll get rewarded with a nice downhill. No, no, it just goes on, and then you have people walking past in their finishers' t-shirts going, "Oh, it's just around the corner." <laughs> And you want to shout lots of profanities at them because it's just horrible. But it's a good route and it's well organised. It's a good race. It's a busy race. So, um, yeah, it was good. I saw, I can't remember whose profile it was. I wish I could. Running Wizard Man, maybe, I think. His video of the Aloha half going up that hill. And he was he was really pushing. I think he ran a PB as well and a fast, fast PB. And he was running up the hill and I could actually, I thought I saw him staggering genuinely like people were out on their feet going up that hill. I think if you're pushing at that pace and you were pushing really hard as well, Joanna, that's that's a tough way to finish a run. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's, it's quite hard as well because you know it's coming, you know, yeah. you've got it kind of to look forward to it miles well. <laughs> yeah, well, while we're on the topic of races, I want to give a wee shout out to uh, Dumbartonshire AAA on their 10 mile race yesterday which I took part in wasn't feeling the you best for well I had a PB because I'd never <laughs> run the distance before as a race so yes we'll take the PB okay. we'll take the accolades um, I was feeling really poorly over the weekend with a little sickness bug but I wanted to go and race I wanted out the house actually it's been like a war scene in here with everyone being sick and so anything for some fresh air uh, and it was a brilliant event I'm hoping it stays in the calendar nice route very well organised lots of familiar faces fast Another fast route remind, reminded me, Joanne, of actually Canvas Langs down by the river type. Uh, yeah. Although it's, it's all on tarmac rather than on trail path. So really, really good race. Brilliant from the organisers and some cracking running yesterday. So well done to everybody that ran that as well. So next on the agenda for you both is, oh, you've got that, obviously, that run in the fourth coming up. Um, but the... Edinburgh Marathon. That's the big one for you. How are you feeling about it, Annie? For London. London. I'm doing London Marathon. What did I say? Edinburgh. Oh, sorry. Next <laughs> next up for you I both. Like, oh, no, I've got no, another no, one. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> next oh, up for you both is friend. London. Next, I know. Next up for you both is the London Marathon. So, Annie, how are you feeling about that one? Not Edinburgh. <laughs> I'm feeling excited. It's been a long time coming. Like I was meant to run in 2020 and obviously it got cancelled. Um, I decided to defer till 2023 because I did have in my head, I think I would like to start a family. So I thought I'll push it out as far as I can and then see how I'm feeling at that stage. So yeah, I'm excited. I did the virtual back in 2020. So I have ran the distance before, but I was like you say, I was at my peak fitness back in 2020. So a lot has changed since then. My plan is to finish with a smile. That's my plan. There's no times in it for me. I just want to make sure I cross that finish line. My daughter's going to be there as well. So 
I'm super excited um and I think yeah I just need I just need a bit of closure on it like it's been looming over me for so long I need to do this and get it done and then I can focus on something else no that's amazing and I'm sure you'll have a great time as it's the the victory lap and it's nice to go in with that mindset of you're not chasing this or that you're just going to enjoy the experience Joanna how are you feeling about it this this many weeks out yeah, I'm really looking forward to it as well. Again, I was supposed to do it um, a few, couple of years ago. I got a good for age entry and then I got injured. So, and they wouldn't let you defer it. They don't let you defer, a, defer an injury good for age. So, I just sort of gave up because I said, oh, I'm never doing I've only done one before and I said, no, I'm never doing another one. That's it. It's fine. But then obviously I entered the London ballot as everybody does just for something to do and miraculously got a place in the ballot. So, I felt it was the world's way of saying, no, you're supposed to do London. So, no, I'm excited now. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and I feel I'm in quite a good shape physically for it. But again, I want to enjoy it. This is my last one. I'm not doing another one. And uh, if I do, it's going to be like, and, you know, I, I don't, it's, it's too all-consuming for me. It just takes up too much headspace, too much life. And I, I'm very, I, I admire people that can do one more than one a year. I, um, and if I do do another one, it'll be in like 10 years. My kids are older that I can do it. So I want to enjoy it. It's London. It's going to be experience. I want to, um, yeah, it'd be great to get a good time. But I really want to enjoy it as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Joanna's just gone from never doing another one to if I do another one, it's going to be. That was in one sentence. <laughs> I so, was the way to say that. Yeah. So we look <laughs> forward to next year when we see her going for another world major. No, no I'll, I'll get divorced if I say I'm doing another one next year. No, you don't say it. You just say, oh, I got a place in the ballot. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> no, no, I'm done. A rare, a rare beast finding a place in the ballot for London. Not many of those kicking I know, about. Especially because I had that, that good for age. I thought that would be my one chance to get it. So, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's, uh, but quite a few people in the club have got that in the ballot. There's uh-huh. been a few of us. Yeah. So, there's a good I squad of us going I think down. I've had seven goes or six or seven goes at it and never had one. And every year I go, oh, thank God. Thank God I didn't <laughs> get one. <laughs> one year I'm going to be unlucky and actually get the place. Um, right, ladies, okay, I really appreciate your time. You've given me far more than I think I asked you to give up to me. So I'm going to finish off with, as you know, a quick fire round. So this is where you need to be tuned in for quick answers off the top of your head, okay? Um, because we are going again with three of us, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a question. Annie, I want you to answer first, and then Joanne, I'm going to get you to answer the same question right after. Good? Yep. Good to go. Right. Okay. Annie, favourite running shoe of all time? Uh, Nike fly knit epic react they Joanna, don't do them anymore though why not do you know they discontinued them i'm good it's your fault joanna <laughs> uh brooks ghost favorite training route oh, along the canal in edinburgh joanna uh catkin breeze good views Lots of trails. H- hills know. you're such a weirdo honestly <laughs> seeing you in these hills um annie best running related book or podcast I don't know. So I don't really ris- listen to like running related podcasts apart from this one and then run Panthera. But again, that's discontinued as well. So <laughs> we're going to get cancelled, Joanna, after this. This is our last episode. <laughs> I am a bad woman. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna, what about you? So I'm, oh, I'm sorry. run Panthera because I just still got them there. Okay. I'll, run I'll Panthera. Yeah. Um, I like Jenny Faulkner's run pod. Total range of guests on that. I like that one. Yeah. Annie, proudest running moment? Uh, completing my virtual London marathon. So far. Joanna? 
uh, yeah, completing Sterling Marathon. Another one I said that was the only one I was ever going to do. Yeah, that's what you said the last time as well. Annie, worst race or running experience? Probably my first half marathon. Um, it was the Ochterarder half. I went off too fast because it was all downhill, but then at the bottom you just had to turn back round and run all the way back up, and I was not prepared for that. But I did go back the following year and do it. So I did. I cried the first time round. Was that <laughs> on the way up the hill? On the way up the hill, oh, Lauren no. was like, Annie, you have to keep going. I was like, no, just give everybody all their money back. Tell them not to sponsor me. And she was like, we can't do that. You need to just keep running. That's those moments when you have to run by somebody and pretend you didn't see them crying so you don't have to stop. That was me. It's like, oh, no, Stop I didn't it. notice. Sorry, I didn't notice. Joanna, what's your worst running or race experience? Um, I think the first time my brother, who is, you think I like hills, he's even more mental. Uh, he made me run Tinto Hill Race and I had no idea what I was letting myself in for. I've since gone back. I think I cried as well. And I've since gone back and done it a couple of times and now I enjoy it. But the first time I fell and everything and scraped on your leg because I wore new leggings in the hill race. That's how naive I was. So that was that was not fun. But I've conquered the fear of it since. It's a hard run. I've, I, I broke my thumb on Hogmanay oh. a couple of years ago on Tinto running back down. So running back down the hill and I made it the whole way and I was about maybe 50 feet from the car park and I tripped over a rock just on the ground and I fell and broke my thumb after running all the way up and down. And I and I felt like crying. I really did. I, people were watching, so I didn't cry. I was brave until I got in the car and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sad face. Um, Annie, best, don't tell Joanna what you were having here, right? But best part, uh, post-marathon refuel meal and drink. Oh my gosh, what am I going to have? I just want all the chocolate and I want champagne. Like, I'm going to go all out. I want champagne and chocolate. <laughs> That's quite lavish for after a marathon. Joanna, <laughs> if you say a I carrot, remember, we're fighting. Yeah, just some broccoli and the chicken breast. No. <laughs> uh, I remember when I finished Sterling, I had a, a bottle of water, a Diet Coke, a, a cup of tea, and a glass of prosecco. I, I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted. So a, a four, a plate with the four, a tray with the four of them on, uh, would be good. And oh, just something like a, a huge pizza, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, pizza and burgers. You, you can't beat pizza and burgers. You yeah. really can't. Cho I mean, chocolate and champagne's pretty up there as well. Uh, Annie, one inspirational Insta profile you never skip by. Um, so I think I think it's called. Peter runs or Pete runs it's a girl called Elsa and she's just so inspirational she's just had a baby as well she's training for Boston and her stories are hilarious for one um but she's just doing incredible and I always check in on how she's getting on brilliant I'll link to that in the episode description and Annie I'll get you to send me that after the, yeah, the show the, the pro share it with me so I can make a note of it Joanna um I quite like running explained or the planted runner they're both just Good, got got good little posts and tidbits on running things, including strength training, uh, <laughs> and just little hints and tips to help you. So they're always good posts on those too. She's never off the clock. Send me those as well, please, Joanna. <laughs> if you can share the profile Hello. with me, run with or without music, Annie. With, if I'm on my own. In a race. In in a race, I'd probably have a podcast on. Joanna. A podcast on a race? Oh no! <laughs> uh, I get to roll over the story and lose track of it, lose focus in the race. Uh, I train with music, but I would not race with music. Okay. I like to be in the zone. <laughs> uh, 
any best piece of running advice you've been given or could give? Probably just don't compare yourself to anybody else. Run your own race, do it for you. Um, and just, yeah, don't focus on what other people are doing. Sound advice. Joanna? Um, the quicker you run, the quicker it's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Also very painful that, over a marathon, though. That's what I think when I'm running up heavy hill. Uh, no, I, when I'm running up that, I think I shouldn't have turned up this week. That, that's what I usually think. Annie, favourite park run? A Perth Park run. I really enjoyed that one. Joanna? Um, I don't get to do Park run very often because of work, uh, but when I do, this is not going to surprise you, Ryan, Toe Cross. Yes. Joanna's Park run, favourite Park run is my nemesis of a Park run. It's just basically a succession of hills. <laughs> We're in it together. <laughs> think... Didn't we? We're in it together at New Year, I think. Or Christmas. Yeah. You... And, and Ryan, Christmas. Ryan, you beat me though. Well, listen, well, let's say I wasn't racing. You were you were maybe racing, I wasn't racing. No. Um, no, I figure I, if you're going to run 5k, you may as well make an effort and throw some hills in. You were also first lady home, so let's just not try and compare achievements on that day. Uh, okay, finish this sentence. I press play and run because... I want to prove to myself that my body can still do amazing things, no matter what. Joanna. Uh, because it's something for me. So much of life you give to other people and running is just for me. They're, prof they're profound answers. I'm going to need to change these questions. People are coming up with good answers now. <laughs> okay, final call of the day then. We have a press, play and run playlist on Spotify and each week I ask our guest or guests to add a song from their running rotation that they couldn't take out. So Annie, I'm going to start with you. What are you chucking yeah. onto the most deranged playlist on Spotify? I'm chucking in some 41 in too deep because it came on on my run the other week and I couldn't stop laughing because I was like, I am in too deep right now. <laughs> brilliant song. I mean, it's yeah, completely it's out of kilter with the rest of the playlist, but that's great. <laughs> Joanna, what are we going for? Uh, yeah, this is quite hard. I, I listen to so much random music when I'm running, completely vague depending on the mood. So I don't have a song that, you know, a special meaning or I remember listening to it at the end of a race but I've chosen this just because I think it's a really fun uplifting song and it's about running and it's Lucy Spragan Run I don't know that one so I am going to no, oh just, no I do know who that is she's the she's the yeah, she's an expert first. yeah she's yeah, yeah, yeah. Expert, so it's, yeah it's not got much secret but uh, she she I think she's great she's got a very inspiring running story actually um and she just wrote a song about running so I just it's always when it comes to playlist I think it always gives me a wee skip to my step when I'm running right <laughs> ladies final final things just to say thank you uh this will be I am sure relatable to so many people for so many different reasons this episode I'm so glad I got you both on together because you're able to sort of ask each other and fill in the blanks where I am clueless which is in so many areas of life. So I wish you both all the very best in your next kind of three, four weeks uh, ahead, but particularly when it comes to that London Marathon. Share your pictures. We'll share them on the podcast. And Joanna, I will see you obviously at some of the club runs. But Annie, very best of luck to you in the taper as well. And if you see any Newtoners at the run along the 4th, give them a wee wave and get them. a picture with them. Grab them <laughs> yeah. for a picture. That's your job. Okay, I will do. Thank you so much Thanks to so you much, both. Ryan. No, you're, you're I hope very... I'll see you in London, Annie. Yes, fingers crossed. Good luck. Perfect. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.
thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run Podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.